This is episode 107 of the Liberty L. Danny Deemer here with Christopher. As always, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. How about you? Like you just said before we hit record, put that Toronto game, that Austin Matthews, let me just take over this game, uh, completely out of my head. And now that we're going to go back and like talk about these games, I'm just kind of getting those haunting images back in my head of him just just, just doing whatever he wants to do against us. So um, I'm doing okay, man. Just going with the flow of things, getting ready for some playoff hockey, you know? Hopefully. You had to know as soon as that Toronto game went to OT, it was done. <laughs> yeah, oh, like, yeah, for sure. Philadelphia that Flyers team, versus that. <laughs> yeah, like that team in overtime is, like you said, just wrap it up, let's go home kind of thing. I mean – if they don't throw out Marner and Matthews in the beginning, then you have Matthews with whoever, because it really does not matter who he's paired with. And then like Nylander with probably Marner or like, it's just, it's just insane. There's so much speed and skill on that team that once you go three, 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 it's not fair. So like you said before though, thank God we took that point. Right. Oh my God. Dude. Austin Matthews had three goals, even strength or he might have one on the power, but, but imagine hitting three on three. Let me look. He's basically playing rookie mode at a uh, five on five anyway. Like that was yeah. ridiculous. That was actually Dude, he's on pace for like 70 something goals. And I know this is a flyers podcast. We're kind of beginning it with talking with this about this guy, but he scored 43, 44, 45. Two of them are even one was a power play goal. And it's just like effortless for him. And he's generally on pace for, I think 72 goals right now. Something insane like that. And it just, it's, that is next level elite talent. I don't know, like, not everybody's going to be Austin Matthews. I mean, he's still 26 years old, which is insane. But it's actually crazy to me that he's that old. Like, I remember when he was. Really? Because I think he would be older. Like, yeah, I do remember that. The the first game in the league, four goals. That was insane. He's on, dude, he's on pace, eliteprospects.com, projected 77 goals. Whether he hits that or not is is another thing. But the it's fact so that we're projected as a fan of a team that, like, I mean, we don't work for all of our goals. We get some in transition, but you know what I'm saying. We work for our goals. We don't have an Austin Matthews, and it's so annoying yeah. as a fan of the other team. And just like, and puck to Matthews. Wait, that's in. Yeah, I mean, it's a okay, great point. That's annoying. Dude. Yeah, I mean, we have to work so hard for our goals, and like you said, yeah, we have those transition goals and the shorthanded goals, but like seventy. 80% of our goals are hardworking. Let's just outwork the other team. And it, it just, it goes to show you how far away that we actually are when you have teams that we verse who can battle with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even if they're not having their best game, they have players on that team that can just stand up and say, you know what? I'm flipping this game around. And it's, just, it, that's what we're missing. And it's, I mean, everyone knows it. I, I, I don't have to sit here and preach to the choir, but I feel like you, I mean, for me personally, I get kind of a wake up call. I'm like, damn, like, yeah, I know that those teams do every team, every team wants an Austin Matthews. I get that. That's not what I'm trying to say here, but it just, it's, we don't have that player that can, I mean, connect me 115 points in his last 117 games. That's an incredible stat. I mean, he's genuinely been like an elite player, but he's not game changing. We do not have one of those players. And then when we go against these teams that have those dudes, it just, It brings me down to earth a little bit. And I, I know we have the mad Russian in the wings. He's that guy. He's going to be that dude for us. But I'm excited for what's going to 
transpire in the next couple months, but it, it really does hurt sometimes, Danny, when you have a team like that and he does what he does. Just It can undo what you did so fast, if that makes sense. Oh, he won them the game single-handedly, no, essentially. No doubt. And, it, and it's crazy because, like, you see guys like Konechny and Tippett, they do it in spurts. Like, they'll get mm-hmm. one big goal, one electric game-tying goal, and it's like we notice the difference in that, but imagine having that. No. Someone who just goes out and wins the game. Like, even Giroux, as much as I loved Claude Giroux, he, he didn't score three goals and just win the game single-handedly. I mean, he, he, he had his win. moments, but definitely not fucking Austin Matthews. Austin no, Matthews, yeah. Matthews has done it like six times this season. Yeah, I know. Well, I think he scored a hat trick like a game after the game he scored against us or something like that. Yeah, I'm pretty did. sure. Yeah. So, uh, Toronto, just, I genuinely hope so lucky. You guys are so, <laughs> yeah. all, that, all that complaining those guys do up there. Like you just said, he's 26. Like, can we calm down a little bit? You guys have 15. Yeah. What should be 15 chances at, at the Stanley Cup, and he's he's not even 28 yet. He's not even 27 yet. Like, there's still plenty is, of time for him to and the rest of the group to learn and figure it out and go through the fire together. And they will too. That team's inevitable. Everyone's lying to themselves yeah. if they think otherwise. Like that team is inevitable. It's fun to joke on them now, see them choke first round, second round now. But that team is without a doubt going to break through one year. I don't know when, but. I mean, you would have to think so, right? With the yeah. players they have. And I know they're top heavy and it's hard to fill in that depth because of how much they pay the top guys. But I mean, like, I, I don't think Tavares is going to, I mean, I think he'll be there in the next couple of years, but like, I think he's the odd man out. If you look at it, I mean, they just re-signed Nylander. Matthews isn't going anywhere. And then Marner is one of the best players in the league too. So it's tough because like, I genuinely don't think Tavares, like I, I don't think that was a good signing the way they put all that money into him. But yeah, inevitable is definitely the right word for them. Uh, I don't know whether it's going to be this year or next year, but like, like you said, it, especially if Austin Matthews stays there, like if he doesn't pull like a LeBron and he's like, my next chapter is here and does that, which I could see like he, he has that personality. I'm not saying he's going to leave Toronto, but like I, I, if anybody in the league has that personality to make something like that suspenseful, it would be Austin Matthews. But if he does stay there, yeah, I mean, there's no way with the talent they have on the team that they can't do at least something. I mean, at least make it past the second round, right? I just think of all those years, like, we clowned on the Capitals for choking. And even the Lightning. The Lightning, before they broke through and became the dynasty, they were known as a team that would always choke, too. And it's I mean, those teams they're... always break through. Like you look at the talent, at a certain point, they'll, they'll figure it out, just like the Lightning did, just like the Capitals did. And you can go down the list, honestly. I mean, I know the Peng- the Penguins too. Like they they won a cup in 09 with Crosby. And then after that, they had a skid of like six seasons yeah. of of choking. Like they were the regular season favorites, presidents, trophy winners every single season. And they would choke in the playoffs and then wait two in a row. So I'm just waiting for it. I, they gotta stop complaining over there. They gotta stop freaking out. There's fan bases out there like us. Who was waiting on a Russian guy to get rescued out of Moscow just to see some goal <laughs> production? So, just to see luck. any type of goals, dude, for sure. You want to get into some of these questions? Oh yeah, from absolutely. The viewers, a lot. Bleed orange and black. Any spicy takes on the trade deadline? Percentage chance Mitchkov comes over for a playoff run this year? Do we Ooh. want to keep Cal Peterson or trade him? 
With the season two-thirds of the way over, what are the missing pieces the Flyers need? You guys go into the Wives Carnival. Keep up the great work. Let's fucking go. T-L-Y-N Flyers. Love you, Bleed. First of all, I just want to say that real quick. Um, we got to answer Bleed's questions like one by one because he asks like six at a time. He's always a loaded question. I love, <laughs> I love this guy, dude. He's always the Any first spicy- guy at the press conference. <laughs> yeah, I know. Any spicy takes on the trade deadline? Um, I don't know if Danny has one, but I was talking to somebody on the timeline last, I think it was yesterday or today, but not advocating for him to get moved. Also wouldn't be upset if he did, but playoff teams have to be calling on Garnet Hathaway. No, and I, I know we're going on a, a playoff push and I know he's a, he's definitely a guy you want in that room when you're going on a playoff push that we are, but like, other teams who have genuine aspirations to like do things in the playoffs. Personally, I'm, I'm asking you now, Danny. Don't you think that like teams would uh, at least be calling on them, picking the phone up, and being like, "Hey, like, what would you want?" Because I mean, he's a guy that if I'm going for it, I want him on my fourth line, dude. He's 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 a really good player for what he is. Yeah. No, actually, I agree. I, I think I'm, I'm surprised we haven't heard more of his yeah. name floating around as a matter of fact because i agree i think he's one of those players that like if, if you are versing him you hate him and if yeah. he's on your team you actually notice what he brings to the team like seeing him on the flyers this year i realized the why he was the presence he was on the other metro teams that he was on like yeah. the capitals washington yeah. how annoying he was and it's like he does he has brought an element to the him and delorier and among others Paling, Lawton, those guys do have that bottom. That bottom six does have uh, you can't fuck with us identity to them, and I, I do like that. I'm kind of going off but, the rails here, but I, I no, I, you're I, good. Yeah, I do agree with you though. I I think the the Hathaway, if, if you're gonna have Hathaway on Team Delorier, it makes no sense. I mean, that dude literally cannot play hockey. But go, uh, going on the Hathaway thing, uh, I I. Kind of think it's the same idea that I have with Sealer right now, and my my whole thing with Sealer is they're apparently beginning to talk about extension talks with him, and my opinion with like trading him, keeping him, blah blah blah. I think he's worth more on the team, and like you said, once you get a player in the room, especially as a fan, and you like watch them for a good year or whatever, you really do see what they bring to the team and just the role they play. I, I think Nick Sealer and Garnet Hathaway are both worth more here than you would get in a trade, unless a team completely blows you off the off the fucking deck with a uh, with an offer. But like, I don't see a team doing that for Garnet Hathaway. Maybe maybe a team offers a second for Sealer or or something like that. But both players, I really don't see teams blowing you away with offers. So in the end, I I think they are worth more on your team than vice versa than than trading them away but you gotta think you're getting calls on at least Hathaway because like I mean if I'm a GM making a playoff push he's definitely a guy that I'm at least hey what do you uh what do you want you know what I mean he does have two years left on his deals so I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those things where they're they're gonna let him play this season and then next deadline he's gonna go or maybe in the summer yeah Maybe. I mean, the dude is 30. It, it's crazy to think that he's like 32 years old and he skates the way he does out there. And uh, they they posted uh, the dog mask thing and Frosty gave it to him yesterday after the game. Dude, like, Garnet Hathaway is shredded. 
Like I am not surprised. Like he is shredded, dude. There's not an ounce of body fat on that man. Dude, that, that guy's no... mixing it up every game. I see him. <laughs> dude, he, he's annoying every single game. He's getting every game. I was talking to to Mikey on the timeline. I'm like, dude, no wonder why he looks like he's 22 years old skating out there. I mean, that he's fast. He's like a fucking missile every time he's out there with with forechecking and just getting into his faces after scrums, just always sticking up for teammates. So yeah, I mean, I really like what Hathaway has brought to this team, but he's definitely my spicy take on the trade deadline. Um, I don't really have any other more than that. Like Atkinson, when the season first started, I think me and Danny both had a tad of hope that maybe they could work something out if Atkinson showed that he was semi-close to what he was before he got hurt. But I mean, nothing against Atkinson as a person. He's a great dude, but he has just not been good this year. I don't know if it's because he's not 100% from the injury or if, if the injury actually took a lot away from him to the point where he isn't the player he is, but he has not been good this year. So there's no way a team is remotely going to consider calling for him considering he makes what, like $5 million, I think. So he was going to be my spicy take, if you will, but not anymore, man. Like he's just, I don't see him going anywhere. They're talking with Neeler, uh, with Neeler, with a uh, sealer for an extension. So I think the guys that you're looking at right now are obviously Sean Walker. Uh, Scott Lawton, and then like my spicy pick was uh, Hathaway. So I don't know. I don't, do you have one? I don't think I have any spicy takes in regards to us trading people out. I think my spicy take is something I'm I'm scared of happening, and that's them not oh, no. moving a defenseman. Um, them standing yeah. pat on both Walker and Risto, maybe trading a Lawton, but keeping Walker. And kind of making that the rental, if you will, because I, I saw Demarco kind of planting the seed on that a little bit. Did you see mm-hmm. that? I did and see it, that. Yeah, it's got me scared. If, if that's the feelers that they're that the Flyers are starting to put out, then I'm yeah. kind of worried. I don't want them to to try to be softening the blow for this. Yeah, here's my thing with that. If if if, if they ultimately don't end moving Walker, my thing is let's not freak out in the moment because. Maybe Danny Briere has a plan draft day to move Risto. Like if his plan is I'm going to keep Walker signed to a three, four year deal and give him Risto's money and then move Risto at the, at, at, the, at the draft, then, then I can see that working. But what scares me with that is Anthony DeMarco said that Sean Walker wanted what his camp wanted what five. I think he said, was that right? I didn't, I did not see that. I don't know if it was Anthony who said that, but somebody said that he was the, his camp was looking in between five and six. If you give Sean Walker five, and then you have to go and eat money on a Ristolainen deal to trade him, because apparently that's what has to happen for him to get moved, because teams see him as a $3 million player and he makes two, so you have to eat at least two. I mean, he makes five, so you have to eat at least two. If you do that, you're ultimately paying like $7 million-ish to keep Sean Walker, which is insane. They're just bad asset management. You know what I mean? Like if you're eating the $2 million and then handing Sean five, that's basically paying $7 million to keep Sean Walker on the team. So if that's the plan, then yeah, it's bad. But if your plan is to keep Walker and then somehow not eat money on a Ristolainen deal or do some kind of thing to not have $7 million go towards that, then yeah. But it's very tricky. There's a lot of avenues he has to take, but at the end of the day, I think Walker has to go. I think he will go. I think this is all just positioning. Um, 
15 days ahead of the trade deadline, I think we are. So that's what yeah, I think it is. He's having a career year, and I don't want to take away from what he's doing because he's doing it on the Flyers. I'm glad he's doing it. But who, who's to say that he's – it's it's definitely in the cards that he's not going to replicate what he's done this year in the future seasons. Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's look at it as face value, right? It's just a 29-year-old defenseman who's having a career year in a system that best suits him coming from him himself. He's going to be looking to get paid. Like I and I don't blame him like, at all. It, but at the same time, is it in our best interest to hand a guy twenty nine years old having an outlier season five plus million dollars? It's it, it's tricky. It really is. And it, if that's what they do, end up keeping him, I have to hear. Obviously, we don't know what the plan is, but I would have to see it get worked out. If that means you know what I mean, like I would have to know what the plan was. If you have to Walker, be given some insight. Yeah, like, like yeah. is there domino effects if you keep Walker? Because like if that if there's no domino and you're just keeping Walker, then like I have a problem with that. If you're keeping Walker and other at other things around are gonna get shipped and moved and money's gonna get moved around, then yeah, I mean Sean Walker is good. I don't think Sean Walker deserves a fucking five year contract at like five point six, but like he's a serviceable guy. He, he he's had a, a career year. He's been great this year, and like you said, I don't want to take anything away from him, but. At the same time, you have to be smart, especially where the Flyers are positionally. I mean, yeah, positionally in the organization is just a tightrope to walk, Danny, if you will. So I'm excited to see what they uh, what they do. I mean, I feel like we've been saying that for months and for weeks now. Just try deadline yeah. time yet? Is it time yet? Like, come on, like let me see. I mean, you talked about this off the record, and I'm kind of rambling now too. This is a really big trade deadline, man. It's a really big one. It's the biggest. You can't you can't sugarcoat it. It's the biggest. In the last this like, is 10 where years, I'm, no lie. Yeah, I mean, this is where we're going to see if, in fact, Danny Briere is going to stick to his guns and do what he said he was going to do, or if this unexpected season, which has been fun as hell, don't get me wrong, is going to change their, their their thinking. I mean, they're telling us face-to-face that it's not. They know, I mean, Keith Jones has time and time again say, when we verse Florida, we understand that we're really far away, and teams like that remind us, okay, What's your plan? What are we going to do here? So trade deadline is going to be big for that. I'm excited for it, Danny. Um, bleed. Is that all the questions bleed asked? Or do you, yeah, uh, there's some more in people? there. I just yeah. want to finish on that. Like yeah. we were talking off the record, the, their messaging to the fan base has been, no, we're going to, we still have the same thinking. We're going to sell despite mm-hmm. the winning, even though the year has been fun. And I just think if that's your messaging, you have to follow through on it because the way this market is, it's so easy to lean into the winning that you could have more people would have actually accepted that as opposed to the, oh, we're still going to sell quotes. If you would have leaned into it, fuck it, we're going to go for it. We're winning. We're here. We're back. Like the people would have bought into that. So the fact that yeah. they didn't do that, that wasn't the messaging. You can't go back on it now. It's yeah. like, why did you sell us on, on this bullshit then? On, on, on this bullshit that most of the fans didn't even want. I wanted it because I'm still thinking big picture here. But mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot of fans that would lean into a connect me extension. Fuck it. We're here right now. 100%. <laughs> and I don't blame extension. Connect me extension. Sealer extension. We're not rebuilding. <laughs> you really thought we were rebuilding? We're going for it, baby. People people would lean into that, especially with Mishkov coming over. Like people 
people oh, would yeah, buy into that question. especially people who are so sick of losing like i don't blame anyone for buying into that after all the losing whatever like have have sure. your fun i'm not gonna get keep that but let's get to the rest of bleeds questions here he said do we want to keep cal peterson or trade him i don't think we're trading him no way we're trading him. <laughs> you see the money that guy makes yeah. that, guy <laughs> that dude is a, a flyer that dude is a cap anchor we're gonna have to deal with him Hopefully he can occasionally throw out a performance where we're like, all right, he's not terrible, and we move. Just be serviceable, dude. Be, be fucking like I beg. Be dude. serviceable. Fucking Rob Zep type shit, dude. Just be that. Um, are but you guys season- going to the wives carnival? No, <laughs> uh, I don't. <laughs> I will not be there. No. No, I um, went to a couple of those like when I was like a little bit younger. I don't did know. You I, meet I really- yeah, I met all the phantoms that year. It, it was fun, but it's not it's not all that. Like it's definitely a great event. I'm not I'm not knocking the event and saying like, oh, it's a horrible event. Oh, Don't yeah. go. I just like it's definitely something that's like it's good for kids and Oh, for sure. If I had a kid, I'd be going. Absolutely. And bleed, or if you have like a one, like a favorite player or like yeah, like a guy. Yeah, it's really just like. me personally. I'm not waiting in a line. So Morgan Frost can sign a fucking puck, but like I said, if I had a kid, obviously, <laughs> well, obviously like, I would go. <laughs> well, it's like so you got to pay for the admission, right? And then you have to mm-hmm. wait in line, and then, but you have to pay for a ticket to get in line for an individual player. Uh, so I was just going to ask that. So it's yeah. So, you, so normally say I, you have to, say I wanted to see six players, would I have to pay for six different tickets? I think there's a package to probably get all in one at that point for oh. just to be cost effective. But I know. Yeah. I tried to get individual players autographs and I, I needed like a, a ticket and it was, it was pretty expensive. And the line's long as fuck, right? It was like Matt Reed. I had to pay like $70 to get an autograph from Matt <laughs> Reed. I remember, I remember I didn't do it, but like, I remember Devin got in line, our boy Devin, by the way, for anyone's listening, he got in line. The security guard was like, you got to pay for this. And he's like, no, <laughs> he's like, it's Matt Reed. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm not paying for this. She was like, I hope you feel good about yourself. This is for charity or something like that. He's like, it's Matt Reed. <laughs> He's like, I just want my fucks <laughs> on you. Matt Matt Reed. <laughs> I don't. We were like 14, so it's like, yeah, what, are you guilt, what are you guilt tripping? We don't have the money. If we had the money, we'd, we'd pay it. But. I could definitely see Devin being like, it's, it's Matt Reed. <laughs> That's crazy. Just, just a funny little wives carnival story that i'll always remember i just remember the look on his face when the security guard was like i hope you feel good about yourself he's like he looked left looked right it was like it's matt reed <laughs> <laughs> your your story of meeting Morin always cracked me up didn't understand a word he said but he was a good guy what did he say to you again i have no idea i have no idea he was mumbling something <laughs> dude, but he, was, he was a great guy though i didn't understand a word he said but any video you see of that guy talking, he's just a beam of fucking sunshine and, and happiness, dude. He seems like a really, really nice dude. It's a shame what happened to him. Um, I want to talk about the, the the one question from Bleed. Percentage chance Mitchkov comes over for a playoff run? Zero. Mitchkov is yeah. not coming over for a playoff, uh, playoff run. I forget where I read it. And once I find it, uh, Bleed, I will link you to it. But, damn. Maybe when Derek hops on, he'll, he'll tell the media us where hockey he league. It was it was an interview with Mitchkov talking about how he's going and training like immediately after the season's over to get ready for next year's season. So like there, he has no intentions of like sneaking out of his contract, and his whole intention is 
go in and working out in the offseason right away. And apparently Mitchkoff said that, like, I know the things I have to work on. I'm going to be working on them. Like, he just seems really, really ready to go. And it really seems like he wants a full KHL season where he's not dealing with pneumonia the entire time. Because even though, yeah, he's, I think he has like 38 points, 39 points in like 40 something, in like 42 games, he's like really close to a point per game. But I think knowing Mitchkoff and the way he talks and like from that interview or whatever that was, saying that like I'm going to be training, it seems like he really, really, really wants a full healthy season to just completely decimate that league and then finally move on. Like I think he really just wants to like put his foot into that league and just be like, fuck you, and then leave. You know what I mean? Like, I think he just wants to put, like, a fucking 80-point season up or some shit. So, Did, did you see he's going to play in that media hockey league? That media was reported, hockey league. No. was reported this morning, like, directly after the KHL season. He's joining this. It's not, It's not like, some kind of officially licensed professional league, I don't think. I, I, what the I fuck? Know, I know Datsuk's in it, among oh, some shit. other retired Russian pros is it an actual league what is it like a fucking charity game or yeah it has to be some kind of like pickup chair i'm not sure because i tried googling it i couldn't find much but it's legit i saw the rosters saw the team saw the schedules saw matt vay on it so it it's definitely happening i just i can't find like a website i can't find like official listing yeah is it like that 3v3 thing he did before the season started remember that random ass tournament he played in in the beginning of the season, yeah, or SKA, I think. I don't know if it's three v three. No, I'm not saying three v three. I'm just saying like that type of tournament where it's like not an official probably, game. Yeah. But oh, it's that's cool. The media hockey league. I don't, I don't think it's anything legit. You know, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't. Yeah. MHL. It's the best. If Datsuk's in it, he's it's probably some kind of pickup game, some kind of yeah, fun Russian that, alumni. Wild guess. Datsuk. Forty six. Yeah, wild guess. Oh, wait, no, I'm probably under-guessing it. Am I under-guessing let me, it? Let me look it up right now. 46 isn't a bit. 45. Yeah, no, you're good. Oh, my God. Dude, I'm, like, weirdly go with that shit. I don't know why. All right. Do, uh, let's do a penguin. Uh, Mary, Mario Lemieux. Is it age? Yeah, do it. 61. 58. Pretty close. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> Yeah, it's not, dude. Like, uh, is that it for believe? I think that's all the questions he asked. Yeah, he said, uh, "What are the missing pieces the Flyers need?" But I don't really don't think they're gonna go out and fill yeah. holes right now. So if I'm you're talking like big picture, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're talking big picture, goal scoring, some center depth, hopefully the defense actually pans out, or you get another defenseman. You know what the funny thing is, and I want to talk to you about what's up about it. You know how many years we spent like. We need snipers. We need snipers. And like now we have all the fucking dudes who can shoot the puck, and we have like one playmaker in Frost that can actually get them the puck and like make a, a play. Like Frost and Connecting and Faraby, like the three guys that I think of that can actually like create a play out of nowhere. I mean, Couturier, not this year. I think maybe next year he can come back and kind of redeem himself because he's been kind of non existent offensively. But, uh, I think it's just kind of ironic how like we spent most of our childhood and teenage years and young adult years crying for snipers, <laughs> and like now, like all the Drew years basically, and now mm-hmm. we have like Forster, Tippett, Konechny, uh, all these Tuamala. I mean, I know Mitchkov, but like we don't have an actual like just play, elite playmaker. Now Drew is the missing piece. <laughs> yeah, Drew would feast on this team. On this, it's actually funny to think about. 
all the years we had to watch Drew play with NPCs, and he would have feasted on this year's team, one hundred percent. He'd be having especially, a great especially if you add a Mitch Cobb in the next couple. Like if I mean, I would talk to you about it. His contract isn't long with Ottawa. I think he's a UFA in like two, three years. Yeah, pretty sure it lines up with the date that Mitch Cobb's supposed to come over, or like a year before. If it does. And he's yeah. still really good. Like he's still a really good player. And if I wouldn't be totally against that, Danny. I really wouldn't. I know we're like just kind of reaching for straws here and we're just kind of talking. But 36 years old. What's he have right now? I think he has 50 points in 53 games. Like the dude's still an elite producer in this league. So I mean, I wouldn't be him with Mitch Cobb would be fucking amazing. Like, could you imagine? Finally, Danny. Finally. On a power play, Drew is on his wall. Then opposite, he has a fucking dude. Like, not to, not to take away from Jake Borchek. Jake Borchek was really, really good on the power play. Really, really good when he was here. But we never had somebody on the opposite wall that could take a Drew feed and fucking wire it, dude. Like, Jake's slap shots were always, like, five-hole, never leaving the ice. Always just, like, on the ice, five-hole. And, like, he was really good at producing plays on that side of the wall. But we never had a dude that could take a Giroux fucking saucer pass and go top right with it and knock the water bottle down. And if we have Mitchkov in a couple of years and we could possibly get Giroux, like 37-year-old Giroux, I wouldn't be against it, dude. Like I think he would still be a pretty good producer at that age. I would never be against it. Just selfishly. <laughs> Self Even if he like, was clearly on a bit of a decline. Which I he's just, not right now. Which which he's not. I would always be in support of that, just because he's he's my childhood favorite player. I mean, yeah, he's got two years left. Him coming back, seeing all the shit this organization has went through the last couple years, and then him leaving. Like like I said, that's my childhood favorite player. Him leaving kind of rips the bandaid off, and it's like, all right, I need new people on this team that I really like and root for. And for years, I didn't have it. And now this year and the coming years, I'm going to start to get it. But it would be very awesome to see Giroud join that in the end. The Flyers yeah. finally build that team that made me, like, I'm fully invested. I love these guys. I root for them. And I'm a grown-ass man, and I love these fucking guys. And Giroud then joins that team. That's my favorite sports team of all time. Win or lose, I'm riding with them till they till they're eliminated 100%. That would be pretty poetic, wouldn't it? Like. He's here for all those years, and they refuse to put a team around him. He leaves that broken franchise, and while he's gone, that broken franchise fixes itself and becomes the fucking franchise that we all wanted to be, and then he comes back when we're fixed. That would be poetic as fuck, dude. Like, okay, you guys ready to go now? Like, dude, that, that, that's got me fired up thinking that's about it. That's really video does. material 100%, dude. Are you kidding me? Kind of like, yeah, dude. That's like a, that's kind of like a telling your, I mean, not personally, but like saying to an ex, like, fix yourself <laughs> and then I'll come back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, fucking do you and I'll come back in a couple years and maybe we can do this thing. And it's kind of like, yeah, dude, that, that gets me hyped. Definitely now, fucking insane hype video. What if that team went on a run? Like, could you imagine like the, the fever dream that would be like no, the rush that would be, be insane. It would, I, I, I don't, I couldn't even picture it, dude. I honestly just want to see a Flyers team make a fucking playoff run that isn't in a bubble. Like, 
I don't give a fuck about that bubble. I, I really don't. It was a fun time. Like I enjoyed having you guys over almost every day. Don't get me wrong, but like playoff hockey is playoff hockey because of the atmosphere that it brings, yeah. and that didn't have it. And I, even if we get it this year, even like a nice little like let, let's take Carolina to six games or seven games or something. Like I don't have to go to the second round this year, but if they can make a playoff push, which I'm not against at this point, and it's probably going to happen if they continue with what they're doing and get solid goaltending from Sam. I'm here for it. Like I, I really am, and I, I, I want to fuck it. I want a deep playoff run in that building. I have not seen a playoff game in that building since Sean Couturier like tore his MCL and still had like four points against the Penguins. I haven't like 2018 was that? Yeah, you were there too. So it's been that long since we've seen a playoff game in that building. So I need it. I don't care. This is the last thing I'll add to the Giroux point. Could you imagine oh. just seeing all of the different eras on the ice at once, though? Like, you're seeing Sean Couturier with the C. You're seeing Giroux probably going to have an A again, which, like, that's a crazy sight. Last time he had the A, he was 21, 22 years Baby. old. Yeah. Imagine Giroux with the A, and then beside him is Konechny, and then beside him is Morgan Frost, and then Matt Mitchell, <laughs> Cam York. That's all of our, like, e- eras. That's all of our bright spots. All the players that we've waited for for years all culminated into one fucking team that's going on a run. That would be something I could I could root for so much, dude. You heard it here first, everybody. Come back in two years. Clip this. The Flyers will be adding Claude Drew and going on an insane playoff run in two years, two, three years. Mark it the fuck down. I don't care. Drew sets up uh, Frost for a playoff goal. Uh, <laughs> After all those years of them not putting them on the same line together. Oh! Oh, I know. We saw him, Drew, and Konechny on a line for like a game, and they like destroyed the fucking Hurricanes, and then we never it's saw five total points. <laughs> oh man, I'll never. That was a good game too. Andrew, we have been scouting the Manitoba Moose heavily recently. If taking Schmidt's five point nine million salary is thrown to maximize return, what do you think we could get slash would want to get from them for Walker or whoever else? Is it? Cho- Jabrikov, Lucius Patrick enough to make that back salary back. Ooh, Lucius would be fucking like Winnipeg has so many prospects, dude. Like I mean, me, Zach, and Derek were talking about like it's Chad Lucius. Who else do they have? Brad Lambert, McGrordy, a couple other guys. Uh, Danny Stall. While I go and look for those guys, is uh, yeah, I'll just say it blows my mind that. The Jets' peak of the last 10 years has been one Western Conference final appearance. Like, that's ridiculous. That the amount team. of talent that they've had on the current roster and in the pipeline for the last decade, and that's the amount of success that they've had. I'd be sick as a fan over there. I'm not going to lie to you. Like They've had dudes, <laughs> and they still have dudes coming. They've traded off dudes, too, and have still yeah. been good. And they, they still can't put it all together. Their goaltending is insane. Yeah, one of the best goaltenders in the league. I mean, Danny, what have I been saying for the last two, three years on this podcast about them? Like, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for the blow up. I'm waiting for them to blow it up. Like, I've been saying that for years, and they're finally having a really, really good season. But I mean, I feel like this has happened before with them. Like, really good regular seasons, and then just die in the playoffs. So, yeah, they they better do something in the playoffs this year. If if they fold in the playoffs again, it's like, what the fuck, dude? This this team pisses me off, and I don't even, I'm not even a fan of them. They uh they gotta do something. 
trade deadline. And I, I really do think a Lawton Walker would be nice. And this is a really good question. It's a really good question because I think taking Schmidt's 5.9, is it 5.9? I don't know. It was that much. Taking his 5. Point whatever is definitely, I mean, we would definitely be able, because we have money to mess around with now. We have money. And it would definitely be a smart thing for Danny to do to take on that contract. I think it's only for a year or two more. And then maybe get a guy back, like a Colt. Because Winnipeg can afford to give up a good prospect. I'm not saying they're going to give up Perfetti, which is not going to happen. But maybe a Colby Barlow, a Rucker McGroity, a Brad Lambert, who, I mean, I've loved coming out of 2020, that draft. Chaz Luchis. I mean, there's a ton, a ton of prospects on this team. Billy, um, Thank's gonna destroy me on this one. Uh, he, he, I, I'm not even gonna pronounce it. He's a defenseman. H e i n o l a. He's a really good prospect. I don't know how to say his name though. But like, regardless, like they have the ammo to not maybe give up a pick, which I mean I'm pretty sure they don't have a first. I mean I don't think they have a, a first round this year. But they have the prospect firepower especially offensively because we just traded cutter so like that's where we would be looking ultimately to possibly send us a, a bar a colby ball which would be awesome he's a pure sniper guy can put the puck in the back of the net so they can especially do that if they do figure it out this season if they if they mm-hmm. click this season and put together a run where they're like dude we are close we just need x y and z and we're over the hump there, there's definitely room there yeah for sure I mean, Schmidt's 5.9 was 5.9, damn, um, for another year. So for, for one more year, you'd be taking on a, a 5.9 million, which we, we have that money to do that. So there are a lot of little ways with Winnipeg that we could get a, a pretty decent prospect back. If Sabrinkov, uh, too, I mean, he's a really uh, he's a really good prospect 21 years old i would like him to yeah like they have a ton of guys that i would be okay with possibly moving lawton for especially taking on a, a contract like that it's a very it's a very good question because that's something i've been talking to to derek about for a little bit now um what trade scenario this is american wit it's pretty funny what trade scenario do you do you have do we have to create a deal with delo and atkinson is D'Lo Gloria? Yeah, I think Deloria. so. I, I don't think there is one. I think it's not D'Angelo. <laughs> yeah. If if you were to create a deal with those two guys, you'd be doing yourself some kind of disservice. You'd be paying yeah. it some kind of premium. It wouldn't be. It's not gonna happen. Pete Chiarelli would be on the other end of the fucking phone call, dude. If you <laughs> ended up, I mean, Akasid makes five point eight million dollars a year, dude. That dude is not going anywhere. And then you're gonna take on a guy who can't literally play hockey. No, nah, I mean that's. Not trying to like dunk on the question, but I don't see that happening at all. There is zero. I mean, maybe an NHL twenty-four GM mode, I could get those two guys in like Detroit or something for like a seventh-round pick. But yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't see that happening. And then the last question: Any chance Kolosov plays in April as a backup? I'm actually going to leave that question to Derek, who should be coming on in the next like five minutes because he would know more about that. So. Stick around. We will definitely answer that question, but I want Derek to be here for that. So, um, I think that's everything. I think it's all the questions too. It wasn't that much, right? I saw one more that said, um, "Oh yeah, go." Couturier's first win with the C, and so I figured this oh, would be God. a good time for us to mention Sean Couturier becoming the twentieth captain in franchise history. Well deserved. I mean, we've said it 
on this podcast ever since Drew left. He was the captain without being named captain. Let's oh, be absolutely. real. He's been here 10 plus years. He's respected by everyone in the room. His impact on the ice is undeniable. And he's not even 100% him yet. I think the coaches, the front office just wanted to see him handle the return, the injury, see if he was still the same force, if if there was Absolutely. room to get back to the player he was. And once they saw that, it was no doubt from there. And the fact that it's Danny Briere led front office, giving him the captaincy, it's just goes back to what we've said in the past about how easy this is to root for. How did that take us this long to talk about it, though? Like, that's kind of well. I saw that question. Crazy. I saw that question. I wanted to wait for that because I wanted us to like actually mm-hmm. talk about. It. I didn't want us to throw it in just in, just in passing and then move beside it. I yeah. actually wanted to get your your full thoughts on it because it's probably the biggest news that popped up since we last recorded. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with what you just said. I don't think there's anything else I have to add. I mean, captainless for the last two years uh, when we all knew who the heart and soul was and he wasn't there. And I definitely think them, I mean, it's very odd to see a team add a guy mid-season. I mean, add a captain mid-season. Um, but, like, not this particular scenario. Because, I mean, I really, obviously they were definitely seeing if his back held up and how he would fare playing 30, 40 games. So, it's nothing but good for us. I mean, the kid, the, the, the dude's been here since he was 18 years old. He's put it in the time. He was on a, a team-friendly contract making nothing and producing at a Selkie level. So, I mean, he deserves the contract that he's on right now, and he deserves the captaincy. He's excited to have it. It's it's, it's really cool, man. I think it's a really good thing to do before they head into the, the playoffs. And I really do think, and maybe this is me just grasping at, grasping at straws, I think the timing of it had to do with definitely seeing if he could keep up with the NHL after those back surgeries. But I do think a little bit of it was what John Torella has been saying about like, Hey, don't fall in love with these guys. We're going to have to make some tough decisions soon. Like them putting an a on TK kind of tells me that Lawton is gone. Cause they want like, if we're going to trade away the guy who the only guy who had a letter on his Jersey, the entire two years that Torch was here, we have to have somebody, you know what I mean? Like they wanted to put that, put the A on somebody else and kind of have the room look to connect the end Couturier after a lot and would be traded. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, look, those are your leaders. This is the, the group. Yeah. We lost a guy with an A, but business is business, but we just named a captain and another A that's your group. Th- these are your leaders. So I kind of think it was like a mix of both. I agree. Yeah. I think it's, there's an element of we're a playoff team and we can't go into the playoffs without a leadership group. Cause that's yeah. what's about to happen. Yeah. When Lawton goes, they're about to have zero letters going into a playoff run, third seed in the Metro. Like that's just that's just very yeah. odd. Definitely, but, definitely. I think that's what they were uh, ultimately doing for sure. I saw a lot of people saying it should have been Connecty, and yeah, it's definitely a fair point. I always get back Uh-oh. to I'm not in the room. I'm not. Derek's here. Derek's just here. I got you. I'm just saying he he, he just heard <laughs> Connecty, dude. But, <laughs> I always go back to I'm not in the room like these decisions are made by people who are in the room every day and who play alongside these players. And at the end of the day, Couturier is Konechny's mentor. So all like a lot of the strides Konechny has made as a leader have been with the assistance of a Sean Couturier being under the wing of a Sean Couturier and just going through the fire with him. 
So I, I think it makes sense that he gets the C, Konechny gets the A. Um, so that in the end, Konechny still gets rewarded for his strides as a leader. And yeah. But at the end of the day, Couturier was a big part of Konechny's growth. He is his mentor. So, yeah. I mean, look at TK and Hayes both getting benched last year, and both guys went opposite directions. You know what I mean? Like Hayes ultimately gets traded for a fucking bag of pucks. And then Konechny is 115 games in the last 117, 115 points in his last 117 games, and has handed the A. So it's pretty cool to see how those players both kind of went their separate ways after both being benched by Tortorella in the beginning of the season. So very cool. We have the TK hater himself. No, I'm just kidding. Derek is finally here. Derek, can you hear us? I can hear you. I am here for some generational Travis Konechny hating. I have already set this man off to Beijing. One-way ticket. He is not coming back. Danny is not allowed to sign him to that damn Nigerian Prince money extension. <laughs> we did have a question for you that we like didn't answer purposely because we, we knew that you would have a little bit more uh, insight on it. Guy asked us, any chance Kolasov plays in April as a backup? Maybe not as a backup, but like, does he play in the AHL? Does he come over? I am pretty sure he comes over. He probably plays in the AHL. I don't think they're playing him in the NHL this early. I mean, the earliest I think they'd play him in the NHL is the beginning of next year, but this year, I don't think they're saying, yo, kid, welcome from North America, 22 years old. Let's get you in the playoff hunt. Like, I don't think we're looking at that kind of situation. That seems a bit ambitious, but AHL, for sure. That would be cool. Especially, are the Phantoms in a playoff spot? I don't know the last time I checked this. I'm pretty sure they're not. I'm pretty sure their record is terrible. But at the same time, aren't the, isn't the AHL, like, playoff format ridiculous like that everybody gets in or something like that or is that just the covert year i'm pretty sure it's wonky i mean i remember the phantoms were kind of mid as hell last year and they got in and i didn't really expect yeah. them to so you know they they're are, mid as hell again why don't why wouldn't they get in they are 13th in their conference that has 15 teams so they are the sixth worst team in the league Ninth worst team in, in the AHL. So if they make the playoffs, the AHL has a terrible playoff format. So definitely not going to see any playoff time. So maybe he'll see a little bit of uh, regular season AHL time and then go into camp next year competing for an AHL spot. Does that make sense? I think that's the hope. I think he comes in, gets a couple AHL games this year, and then maybe comes into camp next year. We'll see what he looks like. He's probably the AHL starter next year. If I had to guess, he's going to be uh, their workhorse they don't really have a goalie now that we took Harrison, huh? I mean, they have Sandstrom, which so is so they don't really have a goalie now that we took Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what happened to that guy, dude? Like, I mean, I didn't think he was going to be fucking Henrik Lundqvist or anything, but Jesus Christ, that dude fell off a fucking cliff. Parker, I don't know how to say this dude's last name. Parker. Gag Gagan? I don't know what the hell is like. I've never heard of this guy. He's apparently on the roster. Him and Felix are the two goalies. Oh, I have not watched a lot of fan games this year. I'm not gonna lie. All I know is they get 
pasted every night at even strength, and they hope yeah. that Samu Tumala and Bobby Brink or McDavid at Dreisaitl on the power play. Yeah, but, uh, speaking of Tumala, I mean, Danny, we can talk about him real quick because we do want uh, we did want to get into a little bit of prospect talk. Uh, Tumala is second on the team in points, thirty seven points in forty seven games, thirteen goals, twenty four assists. Pretty sure he, yeah, he's second on the team in goals behind Lysel, who is. Um, playing cardio. He's doing cardio in the AHL. I mean, the NHL right now. Uh, that's if go back. <laughs> yeah, that's if he's fucking playing. Dude, like, I was thinking about it. He was in the pictures. I mean, I, I know it's a business and whatever happens, happens, but he was in the pictures for the stadium series game and he just ultimately did not play. I mean, that would suck. Like, you shoot it up, put all your pads <laughs> on, take the pictures, and then, like, coach is like, yeah, dude, you're not playing in this game. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. What the hell? You'd rather run seven defensemen than play me? I like, can I go back to the fucking Phantoms? Like, what the fuck? Samu but, needs me. <laughs> Samu needs me. But no, he's been seriously good. Like, we haven't talked about him at length on the pod. And Derek, I would want you to get into him a little bit because you love, you know more about his his play in the in other. Where was he again? Sweden? No, he wasn't in Sweden. Where was he again? Tamala, he was in Mestis. The main reason I remember that is because uh, Flyers Clips on Twitter tweeted out that hilarious meme I still think about to this day, where it was like the LeBron James coming back from the 3-1 finals meme, and he captioned (laughs) it, no prospect has ever come back from Mestis. (laughs) Didn't Brad Brad Lambert play for them, too? I think so, yeah. I think so. And he also wasn't good. On that team, like he also, like people were like, "Oh, is he a bust or is he not as good as we thought he was going to be?" Because he just put up like zero points on that team. Yeah, mm-hmm. very similar thing. Finland is weird. I mean, look at Slavkowski. Slavkowski produces nothing over in Finland. Everybody thought he was kind of a bust, and you know now he's starting to translate and put up some points. And the Canadians think he's a, uh, I don't know, Mario Lemieux reincarnation. <laughs> they, <laughs> they do. I mean. I love Habs fan. Like, they're passionate as fuck. But I, I, I've seen some things from that side of Twitter. And I'm just oh, like, Holy I hate fuck. Habs fans. No, do not, do not tell me you love Habs fans, dude. They are. I like the Habitant, the guy on Twitter. He's cool. Other than that, uh, yeah. The pretty, yeah, that guy's crazy fun. Things. That guy's fun. He, he is like, honestly, he's carrying the Habs fan base. He is like LeBron. <laughs> and a little bit. A little bit. He's definitely a cool dude. Um, I also do want to get into a little bit of Jeremy Drysdale. He's a guy that I'm um, obviously we just traded for him. Derek, you just wrote an awesome blog about him. So if you want to kind of elaborate and plug that blog, you totally can. <laughs> Absolutely. So definitely go on the website, go on Twitter, go on any other social media network that we have that we put things on, and you will find an article looking into Jamie Drysdale in his first 14 games as a flyer. Really, I'd say the premise is just kind of looking into what's going on. Like you saw uh, Jay Fresh tweeted last night, hey, let me go check in on a trade. And it felt a little bit donkey because he kind of pointed out that Drysdale has like a 40% expected goal share and he's getting outscored at five on five to the tune of 87,000 to two or whatever nonsense it is. And I kind of said, okay, those are the numbers. They're absolutely horrific. Why is it happening? Fortunately, I had kind of already planned to write this article. This just gave me a different springboard, if you will. Mm. Really, I'd say 
Drysdale has shown flashes of what he can be, but the flashes are not coming in the same volume that they would if he were playing on a team that got him the puck in the offensive zone. Which basically they They really don't do that. Like, you know, expected goal stuff really isn't as complicated as people make it think, right? So if I'm Jamie Drysdale and all I do in the offensive zone is watch my forward cycle it down low and turn the puck over and all of a sudden I'm defending a rush again, that's all I do. Well, (laughs) chances are I'm not going to be on the ice for a whole lot of expected goals for, right? Because we're never putting a puck (laughs) on the net? Yeah, okay. So uh, kind of screwed there. And then since we're turning a puck over all the time in a way that I have no control over, then I have to defend 25 rushes a game. Oh, guess what my weakness is right now? I'm, I don't really know how to defend rushes yet. Oh, shit. So this just went from bad to worse. Yeah. Where also... <laughs> if we were a different team, and I don't mean a better team per se. I, I literally just mean like a different team that did not have this dearth of playmaking talent and had guys who could actually get the puck up to the point so he could uh, cook a little bit, I think you'd see him doing that, like that play in Chicago, that activation off the blue line. Like you'd see him doing that five times a game and creating all these chances. And all of a sudden they'll be like, oh yeah, well, you know, Jamie has some struggles defensively, but look at this elite offensive results, except he doesn't have the opportunity to do that here. And I think that's one of the problems I've noticed. And that has nothing to do with Jamie. Like Jamie could be Cal McCarr and he would still suffer the same issue. Yeah. So I, w- I would love to see his expected goals for when he's on the ice with Frost. Cause I feel like when that, when Frost's line is on with him, those two feed off each other. I really, like, I, I always feel like Frost finds, finds him with the puck and lets Jamie do his thing when, even if it isn't on the power play. Okay, can actually, like, is that possible? Uh, yeah. One second. I know, because I know me and Danny. Danny, I think we was it me and you talking about him and him and Drysdale together, Frosty and Drysdale. Yeah, you could see it from the, his first game as a flyer. Yeah. That 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 connection is going to work. Those guys kind of. I don't want to say like think the game the same as I think that's just like a lazy way to look at. It. They're just both good at creating and working off the space. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's almost natural, like when those two guys, those those two guys can go two hundred feet together, and just make something happen. Well, that's the thing; they're both like they both have that speed, they both have that skating ability. That like not only do they, quote unquote, think the same way, they skate the same way, and that's like a really awesome combination to have. Just period. Yeah, they both do that like that mohawk move really well. Where they like put their the two skates on the edges like that and kind of like move laterally. They both do that. Like Jamie does that and like drives downward, and it's really fucking like r- weird to see when he does it. But it's so like elegant that it's fucking beautiful. You kind of have like your jaw dropped. You're like, oh my god. I don't know how he pulls it off. It's crazy. I don't know if anybody in the league does it quite the same way that he does it. And I'm not saying he's the best skater in the league, but I just don't know where else people do this. I mean, I have to actually. What other defenseman? I know he's only twenty-one. I'm not calling him the the best defenseman in the league. But like, what other defenseman skates like him? Like, I'm trying to think. Like That's Brock good. Faber, probably. He's got does. so much style when he skates. Yeah, 
That's the best way I could describe it's it. Effortless. Yeah. It's he's, effortless. He's doing like little spin moves to get back to his spot, even off the puck. Like he's just like spinning, and just like that, he's right back in his spot, and he just he just makes it look pretty. It, the only comps I have for you are truly egregious, and people are going to want to throw me off the internet because like, skating wise, though, we're not talking yeah, about exactly, player wise. Exactly, but skating. like you know, the comps. If we're brought, if we're opening this up past defensemen, I think there's a lot of caprice off in there in the way he skates. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, there's a lot because Kaprizov uses that like that Mohawk move mm-hmm. as well as anybody in the league. He, he so does Mitchkov. Yes. Oh yeah. That's interesting. I like that. But like you said, we would definitely see more of that ozone activation if they, I don't know, got the puck up to the point more than they do. They, they, they love just losing board battles and just ending. It's, it's usually only the fucking, I mean, the paling line was pretty good last night. But it's usually the frost line can create offense while in the zone. Like I always talk about, like, yeah, they're a really good rush team. But once they're in the zone and try to make plays off the wall, it's, it, it doesn't happen. The play dies eight times out of ten. So they just that's something that, yeah, I, that's going to worry me in the playoffs. Like I'm not saying, oh, they're not going to go on the on a playoff run and go to the cup. Like, obviously, that's not going to happen. But like, yeah, it's going to get exposed in the playoffs. If <laughs> you know what I mean, they uh, cannot I, create offense once they're in. I, I kind of think this team gets a little bit exposed in the playoffs. I don't want to. I'm not going to lie. It's and not I don't a surprise. Sound super depressing about it, but uh. Yeah, it's not a surprise though. Yeah, yeah, I think the surprise would be if they just start turning up in the playoffs and actually like take it to a Carolina. Like that would surprise me more. I agree. I I think they do to a point get exposed, especially with the goaltending. Like, how much can we trust Sam Erson in the playoffs? That remains to be seen. Some exposing could be going down here. I will say, is it really exposing if we already know what's going to happen? So, uh, you know. Nah, it's house money anyway. So it's like. Yeah. Maybe that's our. Uh... Like, we're just happy to be here. <laughs> I will say this. Islanders regulation loss. Devils regulation loss. Um, I think there was another one too. Nope. I think that was it actually because the Penguins won. The Devils, the Devils smacked. The Devils, man. Their only notable win recently was the stadium series. Yeah. And that wasn't even notable because we didn't even fucking play well. <laughs> yeah, I know. You can see that was a good game and they just like they took it to us and just hey, tip my cap to you. But if the Flyers came out looking I mean, I didn't miss the first couple I think the first five minutes, but they came out looking like shit from what uh, I heard from people talking about me. Hockey. I mean, it's not even <laughs> hockey because it implies that like, you know, both teams were making plays up and down the ice and nobody was playing defense. Nah, it was the Devils were making plays up and down the ice and the Flyers were attempting to make plays up and down the ice until they realized yeah. they can't do that. And then, you know, more Devils plays. There was another question from Alex Walsh, Danny. Um, and I want to hear your thoughts first. So then, Derek, I definitely want to hear yours on this because we already talked about this. Um Alex Walsh saw today Ottawa might move Norris. They're also one of the teams looking to fix their culture and add a guy like Lawton. Would you want Philly to be in on that type of deal or not a big fan of Morris? Danny? Yeah. Yeah, I would like to be in. Yeah, for sure. I think Ottawa's actually – we were talking about this on the last podcast. Ottawa's one of those destinations that 
I mean, I don't know if they do yeah. now, but they thought that they were going to be better than they are. So maybe. Definitely. I mean, would Lawton get that done though? I don't think it would. No, I, I mean he's twenty four. Yeah, wouldn't that be more in the realm of like the like how we talked about episode about the Konechny sign and trade thing? Wouldn't that be more in that realm than a than a Lawton or a might? Yeah, I think this is a weird spot where, as much as I want to trade Konechny before we give him Nigerian Prince money, oh no, I don't know if I want to trade him for Josh Norris. I'm not sure I'm that enamored with Josh Norris's game. Absolutely not. And yeah, now, oh god, <laughs> the reason I kind of paused there is because I was looking up like his uh J Fresh card and his shooting percentages and stuff. Holy my god, he makes a lot getting, of money too, dude. He makes a lot of money. He's this guy's so, getting plastered. This guy is public skating. So, oh would Scott Lawton do it or no? Uh, he that, might. that was. Yeah, maybe that was my thing. Like, if if Lawton could do it, and okay, if Lawton and a pick could do it, then yeah, obviously. But okay, no, I'm, I'm not trading him anything guys. significant. I, I'm gonna read off his uh, uh analytics results for this year to you guys. Yeah, you have. It, let's see, estimated value offense war. So the rate at which he impacts expected goal creation. He is in the third percentile. Third percentile, bad <laughs> ass, mega ass. Uh, estimated value defense war, 31st percentile. So uh, expected goal suppression, also ass, although less ass. Uh, I don't really pay attention to the special team stuff because they can't really capture all that. That's a different spiel yeah. for a different day. Penalties war, 75th percentile. Okay. He, so he doesn't take penalties. That, I guess that's good. And then finishing war, well, I guess he can still finish. He's in the 71st percentile there. So basically, he's like the bizarro world Owen Tippett. Instead of uh, <laughs> driving play but never finishing, he can't drive play at all, but he can finish. Maybe if you, like, put them together, you get an awesome hockey player. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I, the, the more that I'm thinking about it, the more it, it, it's a no for me. I mean, that dude makes seven point nine million dollars, and he's just not an eight million dollars. I would be I, like, not only is it probably the no, I, I don't think Lawton would do it though for, for an Ottawa. Yeah, because he's yeah. like he's twenty four. He's a six foot two center. I mean, he does have thirteen and thirteen. I know his advanced analytics are trash, but I just don't <laughs> see Ottawa doing that. Yeah, look, if if Lawton could do it. And I'd even say if Lawton and some like menial draft capital, like if we had to throw in a second or whatever the hell, sure. If Lawton could do it, fine. I, I think I'd take that. I think I'd find a way to make the cap work for that, see if we can get something out of him, see if we can uh, go about our reclamation project here. I got all that. But I would not give up significant assets for this guy. Uh, I will throw in. You know, I'll give this guy uh, a little bit of flowers here. Skating speed, 87th percentile. So not only is he a big center who can finish, he also he skates very well. So some GM is going to fucking give up paradise what? for his ass. <laughs> like, see, like, that's also my thing. Like, if, if if he's the guy that they're like, 
this is who we need. This is the 24 year old center that we need to go get. Then I'm fucking worried. Like that's oh, not oh, the guy yeah. that we need no, to go out no. and get. No, he's 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 like in the depth. Like no. he's like uh, honestly, he's I don't even want to say Owen Tippett 2.0 because we kind of gave up Claude Giroux in that deal. But then again, we also got a first. But either way, yeah. he, I don't think he is the centerpiece of a massive deal like that. I don't see that kind of upside there, or at least not that kind of like tangible upside. I could see a world where, you know, Josh Norris as like a 80th percentile, super positive outcome becomes like this awesome player. And people dig up this podcast episode and said, remember when Stomps Derek <laughs> and Danny talked shit about him. Remember when Derek read all of his analytics and said he was trash. I do. I do. And he is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're standing on business for three years from now when he scores the uh, winning goal in the Eastern Conference Finals game six. I mean, fuck it, dude. Like, if he does, he does. But, like, I'm not trading anything of value for him, you know? No, definitely not. Uh, so, I can. I think I figured out why his analytics are trash. Why? So, I'm also looking at play his, with? like, uh, microstats profile. Oh, it isn't even that. So he think about Drake Atherson. Oh God! So think about what a center does, right? You know, they kind of man the middle of the ice and make sure that plays don't go through the middle of the ice. Or offensively, they man the middle of the ice as like an option to pass to, so they can do their thing. All makes sense, right? Yep. So tell me why, on God's green earth, Josh Norris, known centerman is in the 75th percentile of four-check involvement and the 71st percentile of hits. How is this man that out of position that often? <laughs> like, what? He Is he just always the F1? How is this possible? Like, has this man ever played F3 as a center? This is wild. <laughs> no wonder he's yeah, always given up weird. chances while he's on the ice. <laughs> maybe there's this... Uh, I'm not sure what kind of system they were on, but maybe their system is where... The, the winger is the F1? Yeah, maybe it's like this weird inversion where they have their center go in first because, like, you know, most teams it's the opposite. Most teams, like, yeah. you know, Coots is, like, the poster child for this. Coots just kind of glides around the middle of the ice and play just finds a way to happen in his immediate vicinity. Josh yeah, Norris is the opposite. Bro thinks he's Ovechkin. Bro is here to do two things. He's here to shoot the puck and he is here to hit. <laughs> He is Dale Weiss. <laughs> <laughs> if Dale Weiss could shoot and finish. <laughs> that is pretty wild. I mean, he dude, he's playing with Drake, Drake Batherson and Ridley Gregg. Like, why? That Shane right. Shane Pitto should be playing with them. He should be playing with Ch Chuck and Tarasenko. Well, I think I figured out why they want to move him, just because like Shane Pinto is kind of awesome. Just watching Ottawa games yeah, recently. I mean, he's playing 2C already, so. Yeah. So they probably don't want to pay their 3C Nigerian Prince money. Looking at you, <laughs> Travis Kadakini. <laughs> when did they hand him that contract? Oh, that's a good question. Let me look. I can yeah. get it up right here. Joshua Warden Norris. They handed, he signed this on July 14th, 2022. Eight-year deal, $63 million, $7.9 million a year. 
and he's a modified modified in no trade clause from 2026 to the end of the contract. So that's 2029. So they better do it in the next two years. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? That's his. That's his salary. Yeah, seven point nine. Holy fuck! Yeah, that's what I said ten minutes ago. Like, he makes way too fucking much money for me to even kind of consider it. The more I think about it, yeah, honestly, like shit, maybe have... they'll maybe they would do it for a lot, and <laughs> just for the yeah. fucking cap relief. You like, might oh, be able to seriously. You might be able to swing like Norris and that. an asset back for a lot. And... Who is his agent? <laughs> he, he is swindling. Scott oh Boris, bro. Scott Boris. <laughs> no, I'll tell you who his agent was. Ready? And I'm not going to tell you an agent's name. I'm going to tell you greatest negotiating power in NHL history. Let me open up this web page here. <laughs> Build up the drama. Okay. Here we go. Power. This is the greatest negotiating power in NHL history. Season 2021-22. Age 22. Team Ottawa. Games played, 66. Goals, 35. Shooting <laughs> percentage, 20.3. Oh, my God. That, my friends, is how you make $8 million. It's <laughs> how you rob a bank. <laughs> that, my friends, is how you commit <laughs> ultimate larceny. Shoot at a shooting percentage that's not sustainable and cash that bitch in, dude. <laughs> Nah, you want to hear something even crazier though? Like I don't, I don't know if this dude's just him. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this off equally as dramatic. Season 2021, <laughs> age 21, team Ottawa, games played 56, goals 17, shooting percentage 17.7. Damn, dude. So for two straight years, he had a combined shooting percentage. This is over 122 games of 19.4%. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. go to the contract, the, the, the contract negotiation table with that. Especially, I mean, the goal total. You said 30 goals the one year? 35 goals in 66 games. And he was like 22, 23 years old when he cashed that in. So, I mean, good for him, dude. Yeah, yeah. They're, they might honestly give us a first just to take on that contract. Oh, dude, it's crazy that they gave him that contract. At how old was he when he got it? Twenty three. Well, he's twenty four now. So uh, yeah, that was at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they committed. They took the big swing on him, dude. They they have two firsts. They gave they, they have gave theirs them, and Boston's. They gave him like more than what Tippett's agency wanted. Before yep. we walked it down a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, dude, that is 800K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they have two first rounds. So maybe, I mean, Boston's first round pick isn't going to be worth anything this year. That shit's going to be fucking in the, the bottom five in terms of, <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I don't they, see them. Unless they have another flame out in the playoffs. I don't think they are, man. Like I, I have this weird feeling that they might do something. I could be totally wrong, and I hope I am. But they just never seem to go the fuck away. Yeah, I think it depends on when they run into Florida. I am all in on Florida as an inner circle contender this year. Yeah, they're awesome for sure. I mean, look at the Flyers, man. 30, 20, and 7, and we're going to wrap it up with this. 
30, 20, and 7, 67 points. Third in the Metro? If I'm, yeah, third in the Metro. Fucking Tampa is in the second wild card spot with 65. We have the Rangers on Saturday at 3. And then the Penguins on Sunday at 3.30. Back-to-backs on ABC and TNT. Let's go, boys. I'll take that. Big weekend. I mean, that's. I mean, the Rangers are really good, but the Penguins. I mean, they've been kind of sputtering lately. And yeah, we have a seven-point lead over the next Metro team, which is the Islanders, I think, as of, or the Capitals, because they've been kind of heating up. Double check that for uh, me if you can. But we have twenty-five we have a games seven- left. A lot of games against Metropolitan and Eastern Conference opponents. Like it's about to get fun, man. It's about to. There's about to be a lot of playoff-like games in the regular season coming here. Devils, Islanders, and Capitals all have 60 points. So we're all we're seven points ahead of Washington, the Islanders, the Devils, and then we're nine points ahead of Pittsburgh, who have 58 points. So pretty good gap, to be honest, especially if we can find out somehow maybe squeak a point or two out of New York on Saturday, which be, would be awesome. That's a huge fucking game. So exciting, oh, yeah. man. I don't love that matchup stylistically, just like for us, you know, not at all. as bad as we are at creating offense in the offensive zone. I feel like we're just going to give up like nine odd man rushes to Panarin within the first eight minutes. At the same time, the Rangers don't defend that well. That's true. So it might just be a total track meet. If so, they which is have weird. Panarin and we have Owen Tippett, so. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> dude, you gotta get straight. I had to get straight, dude. <laughs> We're trying to look for. Uh, I'll find it next pop. I I was wondering what they are. Were uh, goals against per game, but I'll find. I'll, I'll figure that out next one. Well, probably pretty high because uh, you Go know Igor hasn't been himself since. Well, as of like two games ago. Uh, bad news, boys. Shesterkin's Shesterkin again, so... Oh, fuck. Yeah. At least he has been for the last two consecutive games. So 5-1 loss? Oh, yeah. We're, we're looking at a 5-1 loss, maybe? Yeah, the boys are going to be cooking up something vicious tomorrow. <laughs> or not tomorrow, uh, Saturday. The Penguins game is totally winnable, though. Oh, yeah, they're The ass. Devils are bottom five in the league at goals against per game. Yeah. 3.45. Is that why they're in the Markstrom sweepstakes? They're about to go throw gold at a 30-year-old goalie to hope and come in and save them? That's going to be hilarious. Yeah, they're about to go throw oil tycoon money at Jacob Markstrom. The Flyers are the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 7th best team in goals allowed per game. Goals against per game at 2.88. That's awesome. 7th best? 7th best. Eighth best. Wow. One, two, three, four, five, six, seventh best. Yeah, right behind Carolina at two point eight two. Damn. I mean, uh, yeah, you can't really question. This has been an elite defensive team all year. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. An elite offense, elite defensive team who can activate extremely quick. And I think like getting rid of Provorov, D'Angelo, and placing him with guys with Sean Walker who can kill plays in your defensive zone and then immediately get the puck up and maybe even jump into the rush. I think that's really, really helped 
this kind of the system that Torts runs because his his like we went into that hire being like oh it's Tortorella it's old man hockey this guy runs a very like modern NHL system like very yeah. player friendly system like it's very similar to Vegas the the system he runs uh, I mean they basically just like you know asked Vegas if they could copy their homework. And Vegas <laughs> said, yeah, but don't make it obvious. And that's how we got the Tortorella systems. Okay. Like it is very, it's defensively oriented. Yes. But it's defensively oriented in a very modern way where the mm-hmm. whole point of playing defense is to get transition opportunities. And it would be nice if we could uh, turn those transition opportunities into uh, subsequent offensive zone time and more opportunities after that, but that is just not at the level we're at yet. I think that's the next level, but actually that's going to be really interesting is getting to that next level because it, it's going to take a lot of creativity and judging by Danny Breer, it's going to take a lot of trade requests. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't wait to I can't wait for he for him to make a trade that isn't a trade request just so I could just text you and be like fuck <laughs> you dude. just see so this shit <laughs> Dan do you hear what he's saying about RGM it's a, a legacy master class game of hating right here it's just just insane it's, are we sure this kid's a flyer fan no. it's game seven <laughs> it's like that the Giroux game against the Penguins. <laughs> this is Flyers Penguins game six, dude. 2012. We have reached Let that level of hating. Six goal, six points hating Master <laughs> All right, Danny. I think that's enough. Hour 17 minute. Yep. This was episode 107. Of the Liberty O. You can follow us on all socials at the Liberty O. Follow us on Twitter at TOI Danny, at Chris Stumps, at Suitable Alias, and go floor.